Bushman for the 4510 TV podcast series and today's episode four. Thanks for joining us and to our uh, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed the first couple of podcasts that we've produced and stick with us on this journey uh, through the podcast series of 4510 TV. Now, very- Lower your expectations for today. Lower your- <laughs> and there we go. That's a good way to introduce our, our, our guest today. Um, on today's episode, we want to bring you marketing in the year 2020. So marketing yourself, marketing your business and what that landscape looks like to improve uh, clientele and attract people to your business if you are locally here in business. But um, our guest today, the real estate millionaire maker, uh, world famous, Glenn Twiddle. Um, Let me go through our guest uh, just quickly, author, uh, previous real estate agent, sales manager, sales trainer, real estate principal, business owner, clinical hip though therapist, a keynote speaker, an event specialist attracting world-class guests uh, such as Sir Richard Branson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Gary Vee, the Altman Brothers from Million Dollar Listing and Dr. Eric Thomas, motivational speaker, most watched motivational speaker in the world. <laughs> Glenn Twiddle, welcome to our podcast. Jesus, mate, you found an old bio if it includes the hypnotist bit, but yes, that's us. And uh, although, I tell you, mate, it reads a whole lot better than the reality. Although you forgot to mention Scott Lackman because at the event with Dr. Eric Thomas, mate, it was an honour that we had Scott Lackman himself actually join us on that lineup. So, mate, uh, you you are among that alumni. Among, among the alumni. <laughs> um, now, you've trained and mentored thousands of real estate agents uh, in the capacity of a sales trainer through the REIQ, uh, Coldwell Banker, number one uh, real estate franchise in the world, um, Alto Real Estate, Ray White, Excellence for LJ Hooker, Richardson Wrench, and many others, um, and all those various training services, sales products, um, the ability to lead and capture the imagination of people that you work with and training an ideal addition to develop themselves and their businesses uh, purely through marketing. And now you're also becoming a social media expert uh, in the world of Facebook. So um, the marketing guru, I've talked you up. Um, <laughs> yeah, geez, I can't, can't wait to hear what I've got to say <laughs> yeah, now. Uh, let's talk about all <laughs> thing marketing. And um, and although you're in the real estate space traditionally at the moment, um, I think there's some real takeaways for people to listen to this episode about marketing in general. So um, I've said who Glenn Twiddle is. Do you want to add anything? Mate, just that um, I suppose the real estate space has just been the niche with which I've applied these skills because by necessity, the way I was taught was horrible, right? It was just horrible. I mean, if any business owners are watching, you know, it's like if there's ever a client-centric person watching this, they are taught to prospect by just, you know, going out and making cold calls and, and doing all this painful stuff. And I couldn't deal with it. So... I had to become a marketing guy because, you know, this whole sp- – our numbers were this. Our KPIs where we had to speak to 400 people a week and I couldn't do it. So I'd pull up stumps at about 150 connects spoken to's per week. 147 of those were telling me to pee off or F off or, mm-hmm. you know, in some way, shape or form tell me to go away to get three maybes and maybe one potential piece of business. And I just couldn't handle 99% of the time me being told to sod off. So I needed to find a way to get those three maybes to call me. Mm-hmm. And and it's almost, a, it's a weird thing to be celebrating, but me being a bit of a sookie la-la who couldn't handle rejection resulted in me travelling the world and investing every penny I had and a whole bunch of pennies that I didn't have in order to find out how to get those maybes to call me yep. without having the knows annoying me with 
rejection. Yeah. You know? yep. um, so for businesses locally, yeah, and for us real estate, it, it was a matter of picking up the phone and dialing hundreds of hours and finally getting a breakthrough. But there's so much more to marketing your business now in, in the year 2019 and soon 2020 that you'd have to say a lot of the marketing focus has gone online and being uh, visible to your customers, um, trying to attract clients to your business, that's really the niche that people have to understand. Yeah, well... Um it probably hasn't changed that much though, in that the only thing that's changed is the media and the internet itself is nothing more than a big giant media. And then there's platforms on that media, like a, at the moment, Facebook is the one for our particular demographic, both yours in the real estate space, both mine, when I'm trying to attract, you know, the 25 to 55 year old real estate agent or agency or mm -hmm. principal licensee. They happen to be on Facebook. But if you and I were marketing to uh, adolescent or young girls, if we're not all over TikTok and Instagram, then we're not in the game. So it's just simply about finding the media mm. that our consumers have their eyeballs on. And that hasn't changed since the 50s when the media happened to be the radio, for example, or when television came in and that media segued from, you know, newspaper to radio to television. Uh, we are in the same game. It's getting attention wherever those eyeballs or ears just happen to be. And it just happens to be on this media now called the internet, called a phone. And none of us want to use the phone as a phone anymore because people want to actually phone us. We go, couldn't you just text me, mum? You know, even people we love, yeah. we don't want to answer the phone as a phone. So it's just simply the same thing and it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. We still need to use good copy, good attention-getting visuals. Uh, nowadays we might use video, um, but it's the same thing. We need to get attention with our words, our videos and our sounds or whatever the case may be. Put that into a delivery mechanism and get it from our business to the eyes and ears of our consumer, and that's still consistent. The only variable is now we have to click some buttons on a mouse to get to a phone rather than dial a newspaper and say, here's the classified ad that we need to run this weekend. True that. Um, now, I was just I was going to lead on to what media platforms you use to market your business, mm. uh, sales, coaching, events, etc. Uh, you've probably rattled off a couple, but in more recent times, what's your biggest platform success? Yeah, well, a lot of people are asking me what's next because at the moment it's Facebook, 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 Facebook because that's where, see, and that's how it happened. We were all, all us, you know, 30s, 40s and 50-somethings, we somehow found this thing called MySpace and we dabbled with that because we were chasing the kids. What's this MySpace all about? We all left that when the kids left MySpace and they all went to Facebook. So all us oldies chased them to Facebook. Mm. As soon as the kids realised the oldies were at the party called Facebook, they all left and left us old. And so our demographic is all over Facebook. So mm -hmm. anyway, everyone asks me, where, where are advertising? Most of my marketing budget for me is Facebook. Most of the marketing budget for the clients that I am empowered to help and paid to help mm. is Facebook because that's where the, let's just say, the Gen X, the tail end of Gen Y, mm. the boomers, you know, that's where those three kind of demographics, say 30, early 30s to retirement, we live on Facebook. So for the younger generation, it might be an Instagram or a TikTok or a Snapchat, uh, but the world is addicted to its phones. There is absolutely no doubt about that. So those are the platforms we need to know where our audience is, is glued. And really that's just asking 
50 of our customers, you know, you want to know what advertising platform, spend half an hour with 50 of your customers, ask them, and they'll tell you real, real quick which one they spend all their time where, on. Where do they look? Yeah. Yeah, or where are they looking? Yeah. But, so, but for so many businesses, if you just start on Facebook, hard to make an argument against it mm. because even if your uh, age is skewing a bit younger, you can tell Facebook to only advertise to those 18 to 24-year-olds or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So it's hard to make a case against old Facebook. Yeah. And I, I, you'd think I'm getting paid by them. They've annoyed me more than anything by, you know, their constant changing in the rules and constant not abiding by their own rules. Literally on the last weekend, I got scammed by a fake Gary V account. You right. mentioned my friend yes. Gary Vaynerchuk. I got scammed by an unbelievable offer that was a combination of Gary V, Grant Cardone and uh, Ty Lopez. Turns out it wasn't. It was just a total scam. Wow. I opted in for a dollar uh, offer, introductory offer uh, with a dollar fifty upsell. I got whacked on my credit card for 600 bucks. So Facebook is the bane of my existence and yet I recommend everyone put all their advertising dollars into it. You mentioned the big man, uh, Gary Vee, arguably the most watched social media expert in the world. Certainly in marketing for Um, sure. Recently he kept it pretty simple. Uh, Ignore Snapchat, ignore this, ignore that. Um, Get on Facebook and keep pumping Facebook. Mm. Um, So for someone in his position that also looks ahead to invest in the future, um, he's sort of saying keep it simple and go where your audience is. So it's exactly what what you've said, Glenn. Um, Thanks again for our audience joining us, podcast number four in our 450 TV series. Um, So I'm in a business... I know I need to be online. Facebook, social media seems to be the the avenue to use. Um, again, I don't have a budget to market. I don't. I can't put up a five thousand dollar billboard next to the train station for everyone to see. Where would I best spend marketing dollars? If I if you had a new business today, Glenn, you're a fish and chip shop in Caboolture, Let's say, where would you spend your marketing dollar? Oh, beautiful. I mean, that's the thing about. Um about silly-looking old Facebook. I tell you, they need to put me on the payroll. Zuckerberg, <laughs> help a brother out. Um, the beauty of Facebook is it's they've designed it so they don't want to employ salespeople or customer service people to their detriment because that annoys us, you know, if we're going to spend a significant amount of money. But what they've done is they've tried relatively successfully to make it so that it's hands-off for them, meaning the user can quite intuitively do some very basic things and run an ad and, uh, you know, when you say, if I'm a business, so long as it's geographically located, sure, if you're trying to advertise to all of Australia or all of the world, you're going to have to do some courses to learn a little bit more of how to use it. But if you're a local geographic fish and chip shop or, a, um, a, of course, a real estate agency like yourself here in uh, 4510 um, or, or any uh, business where sort of your customer radius is a couple of kilometres away, mm. I can't go past Facebook. Because for one to three cents per view, like we think about, I look at my letterbox drop and I look at all of that uh, junk mail that comes in every single week, a big chunk of it. Mm. And for just a simple flyer that might cost, you know, a hundred bucks for a thousand to print it off. So that's 10 cents per flyer to print plus five cents per flyer to deliver it, at least 15 to 30 cents per flyer Mm. to just be simply not looked at and thrown in the bin. Mm. For one to three cents, so about 
10% maximum of that cost, you can deploy your marketing message, whatever you're going to put on that flyer, you can deploy that into the Facebook timeline where it's actually going to be looked at because you know that, you know, we're not watching uh, the, the junk mail. Mm. We're not watching TV. You know, I, I ask audiences, who watches Netflix or Stan? And everyone puts their hand up. So that means every penny of TV advertising is virtually wasted. Because mm. even if people are watching free-to-air TV, the minute the commercial's on, they're picking up their phone and tweeting out what they just watched on the footy or whatever yep. the case may be. Yep. So all of that traditional advertising money is completely wasted. Mm. That means Facebook is underpriced. So me even giving this advice is to my own detriment because mm. while it's this cheap, I'm pushing all my chips in yep. uh, because there's no other media that is as viewed and as watched where and as underutilised by the big boys like the, you know, the big brands that still use radio, TV, newspaper, junk mail, magazine yep. and all of that. It's a beautiful thing for the small local business fish shop. So if they just jumped on Facebook, did a little video about why their fish is the greatest fish in the world, mm. even if they did something kooky, like jumped on there with a big graphic and a sign and any cheap uh, graphic designer could uh, superimpose a, a graphic that, that is their title intro or something. Yeah, that, this, that this, is big, like, this big. It, yeah, it yeah. could be, a, <laughs> they could even print it out if they wanted to go gorilla or they could just superimpose it on the video that says, voted the world's best fish and chips. Now, big legal caveat. I have no idea if this is legal. Yeah. Voted the world's best fish and chips. And then a little thing saying, you know, a little asterisk that says, buy by the, the fish and chip owner's kids yeah. and only the fish and chip kids uh, were, were surveyed, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But it was voted by the kids as the world's best fish and chips. That'll get more attention to drive people into that fish and chip shop than all the flyers in the world mm. And it'll cost them one cent. Yep. So if one in a hundred people who see it kind of say, voted the world's best, even if it is by the kids, you know what, I'm going to try it out, then it's cost them a buck mm. to drive a new customer into that fish and chip shop. Or if yep. it's one in a thousand, I mean, think about this, even if it's only one in a thousand people who see it and you can target that to be only locals. Yep. And if one in a thousand people come in, that means it costs 10 bucks. And traditionally it's going to be a $20, $30 family fish and chip pack order. Yeah, so. and, and then if you're any bloody good at what you do, if you've got half decent fish and chips, all the money is in the repeat business over a lifetime of living in an area. And for most people in most areas, that's five to seven years of loyal customer, uh, you know, yep. patronage. Yep. And that's where all the wealth is in, is in all those repeat visits. All for the cost of acquisition of a client of a buck to 10 bucks. Incredible. Local businesses, uh, please take note of this uh, this episode. You, you, you're hearing from a marketing genius, a guru, Glenn Twiddle. Um, Don't know about that. And, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, do yourself a favour. As always, um, on our podcast or whether it's our 4 or 5 day TV community videos, we'll have some links um, trailing this podcast and this production. Um, it'll be all links back to, back to Glenn to follow him further. And who knows, um, even though real estate related, I'm sure you could get in front of a heap of business businesses and sales teams um, and, and teaching these methods and just breaking it down to the basics, mate. Um, mm. And for the local businesses, as simple as that, um, we're talking fish and chips, but it could be anything that, um, you know, get in front of the media and that word hyper-local, you know, we're, we're all for, and I've always been an advocate for 20 odd years, an advocate of local business, shop local, buy local, support local. Um, and this is how we do it. We keep our marketing tailored to the hyper-local audience and that's where things will evolve in our community. Mm. Um, we've attracted business to our to our 
we've attracted customers to our business. We're doing some online marketing with social media. Now, how do we further prove that we are the go-to business in our area? Would that be through, we talk about testimonials and client reviews. Let's talk about online reviews and testimonials. Mm. Well, that's certainly the, the two ways I like to, uh, I, I suppose, prove that I'm great or, or that the business is great or the fish and chip. I love the metaphor. There's there's really, well, there's three ways that you can incentive, that, that you can prove to someone that, that the fish and chip's any good. The first way is the business owner can tell the public that they're great. Mm-hmm. That's the first way. Now, it's the easiest way because you don't need any extra assets. You can just look at a camera like you're doing here. Yep. You can put it into an ad. You can say, hey, we got the world's best fish and chips. Hey, come and try it out. Way number two is if someone else told someone, mm-hmm. you know, Scotty, you've got to go to the fish and chip shop. It's bloody amazing. You're Word. not going to believe it. Word of mouth. Word of mouth. That's the testimonial. That's the online review. I prefer a video testimonial because there are companies in the States and they haven't really permeated down here in Australia yet, but there are companies in the States and this – this, this does my head in. I hope it never starts happening here. Mm. There are companies in the States that you can employ that will do nothing but all day, every day, just sit there and post negative reviews about your competitors. Right. I'm like, oh, no. If that continues, what that means is what happens right now, which is we trust the Yelps and the, all those sites that are kind of review. we'll stop trusting them if it becomes commonly accepted practice Mm. that those reviews are not to be trusted because there are companies out there whose job is to put up negative reviews. Mm. Even if the job is to put up positive reviews, if it's fake, it's a horrible idea, no matter what. It's going to lose its credibility. Hence, video is great. Even though you could pay an actor, you can probably smell an actor. You can't smell, you know, you can't fake someone trying the fish and chips Mm. and absolutely saying, my God, that... I can't believe that that tastes like what my granddad used to or something. You know what I mean? Yep. Video is great. So someone else saying that your product is amazing is the second way to prove that it's amazing. Yeah. But the third and best way to prove your product is amazing is give some of it away. Yeah. So that's like that's, here you go, try it. What yes, do you think? Yeah. So you know, it, it's kind of like I thought to myself, you know, if I was going to convince the world that I could fly. Right? <laughs> How could I do it? Well, you could. I could say, man, seriously, I can fly. You yeah. Can, yeah, yeah. You yeah. might have a one in a million chance someone who says in, maybe in, you can. In one of your mates, uh, your mates Richard's uh, aeroplanes about the only way <laughs> yeah, you can fly. Right. Yeah. So, so rich. But then the next way is if Scott said, you know how he said he could fly, I know that that's ridiculous, but he really can. I've seen him do it. Well, you might convince 10, but the best way I'll do it is start flying around the room, yep. right? Yep. Prove it. Show them. And the best way you can show them is whatever it is that you do. You know, for me, come and let me do a speech for your company and I won't charge you a penny. They can go and implement, like when we did it with yours and I literally turned on some ads at the start of the speech and then by lunchtime, what did I do? Created some leads and new business. Handed them to the most enthusiastic young man in your company because mm. he was sitting there on the edge of his seat, big smile on his face, handed him two appraisal leads mm. by lunchtime. Yep. So prove that you can do. Give away the fish and chips. If you're any good mm. at your hairdressing or fish and chips or whatever, because think about it, hairdressing is a good one because not that I would know, but <laughs> I understand that when, when you find a hairdresser that you really trust, I'm guessing – it takes, and I'm looking at our, our part of our production team right yep. here. You trust your hairdresser, right? And and to get you away from your hairdresser, if, if I offered you a five percent discount, there is no way you're going anywhere, right? Mm. But if I said, "Listen, we've got a new company we want to review. Come in. 
It's going to cost you nothing. There's a free paraffin dip for your hands, a free supermodel male who's going to be muscles and rub your back and you've got to tell hubby that that's not all. Yeah. Yeah, all of this good stuff is going to cost you nothing. Free everything you want. I might coax you away from your hairdresser for one trim, maybe. And only if it's amazing might you come and try that again and try that again, perhaps. But think about that. If you are able to coax and seduce someone away from that customer, it's 100 bucks every six weeks for the next five years. Yep, yep. Is it worth giving away that first one? Most well, if you're any good, here's the way to go broke. Be rubbish at what you do and give away the first one. Then you're going to go broke real, real fast. Good. You may as well get out of business fast. Yep. So give it away and find out if you're any good. Yep. You know, and there it is. That's a that's another takeaway for our listeners. Um, how do we? And just for for people watching the video, because we're doing podcast as well as yeah, I feel Joe Rogany here. here, man. Um, I tell you, so we're on two lots of media, and, <laughs> and this is the importance. It's one of your, it's one of your lessons that I've learnt uh, over the ten years or so. I've been following your lessons, Glenn, and implementing in our business. But we're trying to be on all platforms possible because mm. if someone can't see us on Facebook, they'll see us on a video, they'll see us on a podcast. That's why we've introduced this new series to 450 TV. So we've got to this stage where in, in local business, we're, we're on our marketing. You've given us some great tips on, on where we should be and, and in front of that audience and that customer experience. Um, that's that's a whole new mm. podcast, podcast on its own, I think. Uh, people in the future are talking about CX, a customer experience. But you've just suggested the best way to uh, promote and highlight or amplify that customer experience is the testimonial video that, yes, I went to Fish and Chips on King and it was the greatest that I've tasted and I'm happy to put it on record, blah, blah, mm. blah. Mm. Um, we do and, and it's best if there's – if you can get some genuine emotion in there, then that's that's undeniable. Yeah. And you know, it, now, it, hard to kind of get a genuine emotional connection about a fish and chip shop, but maybe every – you know, out of every 20, well, one will be so good. There's one fish and chip shop in particular opened up near my place and I got the Works Burger because – Everything on the menu, I'll try the Works Burger. That's a good test for a new new shop, right? <laughs> well, it was the Works Burger. It, you know, when you eat a hamburger and it's dripping and there's beetroot and, <laughs> like, that's a decent burger when it's dripping and making a mess all over me. Like, not a real good first date dinner, but <laughs> but, but I, I'd be more than happy to get another one of those Works Burgers, stand in front of our mate's shop and go, this is a Works Burger. Yeah. So, but even the way you just described that then, you were a, all visceral emotion. and you were telling the story. That's better than all the McDonald's photos that you could take, you know, yeah. where it's looking all pristine, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. No, that's what you want. Um, mate, um, we're moving along so we like to try to keep our podcast within that 30-minute oh, range. God, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. <laughs> we, we might have to break into two episodes. Um, how is How are you staying ahead of your competition now? When I say competition, in your space as a trainer, educator, marketing guru, um, you put on events, etc. how is Glenn Twiddle staying ahead of the competition? Well, in many areas and in many businesses, the good news for us, certainly for me, definitely for you, um, uh, you know what, only in a local level is this true for me. It's absolutely true for you. But Justin Herald, he, uh, he's a guy who I did an interview like this with many, many years ago. And he said to me that the biggest asset, talking about my clients had, meaning real estate agents, the biggest asset they've got is the mediocrity of their competitors. So now I don't consider my competitors mediocre because in many cases I learned from them. Mm. But the good news for me is 
I don't have very many competitors locally here in Australia. A lot of the people who kind of I've learned from are overseas. Now, in the real estate space, I learned from some amazing mentors here in Australia. But I don't teach kind of what they do because what they do, they do really, really well. And folks like yourself have gone to those competitors. So the, the way that I stay ahead is I look at, I benchmark what everyone else is doing. And this is what I recommend for our clients to do. I did a secret shop of real estate agents in order to help my clients benchmark the level of skill, service and customer experience that my clients were up against. And now that we've got the benchmark, I don't, you know, when we found that those benchmarks were actually quite poor, Mm. I didn't have to help Scott get to be terribly amazing, even though you are, you've gone above and beyond or whatever, but it doesn't take a whole lot to be head and shoulders above your competitors. So what I would say is benchmark what you're up against, figure out how to make yourself 10 times better or at least double Mm. uh, as good as anyone that you're at and then tell that story 10 times more often. So the two things are, You've got to be there first. So that means you've got to be a a better marketer of what it is that you do Mm. than you are at doing it. Because when do we find out that that amazing burger that's dripping down our hands is amazing? It's after we've bought it. So that means you've got to be better at driving me into the fish shop than you are at performing the service. But once I'm in there, it needs to live up to the story. The story, the promise. So you need to have both. And um, recently, like, you're you're doing a million things at once, mate. And thank you for your time here in Caboolture. You've flown in from Tasmania, South Australia, Northern Territory on Friday. (laughs) I I watch where you, like, your freaking fly points are out of control. Um, But let's get back to Caboolture. And what I was going to say is one of your podcasts at the moment, you're interviewing, and I think um, today as well, um, with Jeff Joette. And you're talking about yeah, mindset and, mm. um, and and you know health and well-being mm. outside of the business space, uh, which is a topic again all on its own. Um, last week's podcast, you talk about um, comparison, and when I say what do you st- what do you do to stay ahead of your competitors, I want to be very clear: we're not talking about comparing ourselves with our competitors, because when we start to do that, we it's a it's a it's a rabbit run or a, or a mouse on a roller cage chasing nothing um mm. the substance of that podcast was stop don't compare you've said it perfectly benchmark what you're currently doing and if that's what everyone's doing at the moment what are we going to do that's better than that so we're not comparing our results we're not comparing our our income we're just comparing how can we do it better than them yeah it's, that's a tough one because you're right about that is that my man jeff and i'm still a work in progress of this when i spoke to jeff last time i've you, you, you've got to be where benchmarking from a customer experience perspective so that you can design your customer experience services so that they're head and shoulders above your competitors with constantly watching them and having your eyes sideways rather than you know, I mean, Jeff calls it scoreboard watching. Mm-hmm. So That's no cool. basketball player is going to sit there watching the scoreboard and be the greatest of all time. Mm. And so, you know, one of my friends and clients, Adam Gould, he went from outside of the top 10 into the number one spot in Remax, mm. uh, one of the biggest companies in the world. And he was recently getting some awards. He was at the awards and he was sitting there watching the top five going, oh, wow, it's pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. When he got to number two, he thought, wow, whoever got number one's really kicked butt mm. um, because he's, you know, he or she, whoever that is, and he didn't even think he was in the top five. Wow. And then his name was announced at number one. So that's how little he was watching the scoreboard. Mm. He didn't even know that that number one spot, that he was sitting there in his own mind going, wow, they're gonna, they must be done great, 
was him. Right. So that's the thing is once you've – and he is absolutely set the benchmarks of customer service and that's what we did. I'd go to his office, we'd figure out where these competitors are and then once we've got a plan, we're just all in on execution of that plan yep. without sitting there sideways glancing at our competitors. We need to know what they're up against but at least once we've done that, what Jeff says is – Make a plan and set your goals. And then once those goals are set and you've got a plan in place, detach from those goals and focus on exactly moving forward and playing the ball in front of us, so to speak. And Jeff's a great guy for me to keep that attitude in place because it's not natural Hmm. for me. A lot of this stuff isn't natural for me. Particularly, I followed that podcast in particular and um, it's like, wow, does this fit real estate? Because real estate and I, for one, we have a habit of, possibly chasing that ego, chasing that goal, chasing the numbers against Mm. someone else and to step back from that comparison, focus on what we're doing, keep doing what we're doing because obviously it's working after 25 years of success in in Caboolture being the number one agent, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Just another message there. When we're we're looking for our customers, when we're looking to market, stop the comparison game and try to find your point of difference and market Mm. that and really go down that track. So, Mm. Well, a friend of mine, Scott... um, called Larry Wingett, he introduced me to a friend of his called Joe Calloway, who's written a bunch of books. And he was telling this story about a tyre mechanical kind of place over in the States. And one of their customer service experience things was they pull up and they, they've got the bit where the customer pulls up and they purposefully put the office a little bit away. And their CX, I've never heard that term they used before, their yeah. customer experience thing is they run to the car. For no other reason than to make the customer feel important. So can you imagine just how different that is, how simple that is? They run to get your your, your, your car. So they they purposefully just differentiate themselves. It says nothing about the quality of the service and all of that, but they literally make you remember. You go, wow, that's how important I am. They're running to the car. So how can we do that? How can we be different and then focus in on that customer's experience and how they drop their jaw and go, wow, that was better than I expected. And when they have the wow experience, then market that wow experience, et cetera. Um, Mate, we'll wrap it up shortly. Um, Now, if you're interested and you like um, the cut of Glenn's jib, uh, let's let's say that. Um, I've told you how good he is and world famous for marketing and and the association of world famous people that you've attracted into your business. Let's look, and I was going to say the pun and the joke, you know, 2020 vision. Um, (laughs) We've only said it once. Um, What will marketing look like in the year 2020? Yeah, I I think marketing looks the same in... You know, uh, in in 1960, because some of my inspiration, I got I got a finalist for this Thought Leader of the Year, yes. which to me brings connotations of uh, unique thought, innovation. You know, original ideas. I've never had an original idea in my life. It's just that I look to other countries, other industries, other eras. And I look back to some of the headlines written in the 60s, 70s and 80s mm. and, um, and and I get inspired. Now, of course, you've got to update them to today's parlance, to today's language, but I believe 2020 will be more of the same. It'll be 
marketing messages that are designed to get attention, that are designed to influence and persuade someone to look at you for the first. You need to get that attention. Well, it's the old formula, AIDA out of Glengarry, Glen Ross, attention, interest, uh, desire, and a call to action. So we need to get their attention. We need to get them interested and then desiring what it is that we want. Mm. We've got to tell them how to take action to do it. And that's going to be the same. The only thing that may tweak, and I don't think it's going to change in 2020, is where we deploy that message. To me, that's the only thing that's changed since I've been an adult. And I became an adult when I was 18 in 1989 when I was working at a cinema and I was promoting, uh, I remember we were promoting movies like Terminator 2, uh, uh, King Ralph and all of these movies in the, in the early 90s when I worked at the cinema. And it hasn't changed one bit. It's get attention on whatever product it is that you're purveying in the marketplace, mm. show the consumers why it's worth trying. When you deliver it, make sure it is great. Mm. And the only variance is where we do that. Right now it happens to be on Facebook. Mm. And whether that is TikTok in the future, if TikTok or, or Instagram does age up, it hasn't as yet, but mm. if it does, so be it. We'll just take our message and the audience that we've built on Facebook, mm. we'll just deploy it onto the next, thing. the next thing. But you don't have to second guess that it's going to happen on TikTok. You wait for your audience to move there. Mm. And for most businesses, by the time your audience moves, and it becomes apparent, if you just go there relatively quickly, you'll be years ahead of most of your consumers. Yep. So don't worry about trying to second guess them. Just get into it where they are now and worry about whether they go to Spotify, TikTok, Instagram or YouTube or whatever is next. Worry about that when your audience goes there and then follow them. Yep, perfect. For small business around town and, and nationally, locally, Around the world, I think there's some great key messages there from Glenn Twiddle, uh, marketing guru for the purpose of today's podcast, episode four on 4510 TV. Um, really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man, but um, hopefully this gets across our platforms and um, inspires some business and, and even um, individuals to how they could market themselves better and um, pretty much just sum it up. Just yeah. like get yourself out there and get visible on any platform possible. That's the secret to marketing. And don't let perfect get in the way of done. Take action even if it's imperfect. Be far. One of my guys said about sales letters, but this is true of any implementation, it's a good sales letter, so hence a good marketing piece on the eyes and ears of your consumer is better than a perfect marketing piece sitting there in your brain or on your hard drive. And no one sees it. Okay, we're wrapping up now. Um, you mentioned giveaways before, the hairdresser giving away a beauty treatment and a hair thing. And I'm looking at Andrew, our production manager. Um, can't wait to get to the hair salon, this kid. <laughs> um, but we're doing giveaways. So I do have uh, copies of Glenn Twiddle. I mentioned he was an author. Punching Above Your Weight, Glenn Twiddle, and um, pretty much your story or your timeline of success to date. Yeah. Yeah, with a few um, lessons in there as well, Scotty. Be careful, few, you might learn something too. A few, a few <laughs> lessons, uh, but yeah, just looking at it. And um, I had the page here, but the pictorials for our videos, because we are on video as well, podcast people can't see this, but um, <laughs> pictures and videos of, of pictures of where you've interacted with world famous people, incredible. We've uh, well, Maybe that's the subject of our next podcast. It's yeah. certainly the life of that I never dreamed possible. All a result of implementing some of the principles we've talked about here today, mate. Cool. I'm going to give that book away, Punching Above Your Weight, Glenn Twiddle. For a podcast listener, uh, drop us an email through our Contact Us page on 4510tv.com and uh, come and collect the book from Morayfield Road at our Richardson Wrench offices who proudly sponsor and power our podcast series. So, Glenn, for the video, thank you, sir, for your time. A pleasure, my man. And um, let's get this out there to the masses. All right, an honour. Thanks, guys. Rock and roll. Thank you.